to the band for leading us this morning. I'm going to read some uh, scriptures um, now and uh, just got a, a few scriptures to read. So if you want to read them from the screen, uh, it might be easier unless you've got lots of fingers that you can put. If you want to do that in your own Bibles, it's Psalm 107, Matthew 4, Colossians 1. Psalm 107 uh, from verse 10. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Then Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 17. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which is by the lake, in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. He fulfilled what was said through the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then Colossians chapter 1 and just verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's just pray uh, together. Father, we thank you for your amazing love for us. And as we spend this time just thinking a little bit more about what it means to confess you as Savior. We pray that you'll open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you would have to say to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time for those Christmas jokes to come out again. And I do apologize because... The longer that you are in a place, the quicker they come round. Um, so if you've heard these jokes before, I really apologize, but we, this will be our 17th Christmas here, and I forget which ones I've told and which ones I haven't. But um, this one is an Alpha joke, so if you've been on Alpha, please laugh appropriately, because that always encourages everybody else. The minister of a church enjoyed a drink now and again, uh, but his passion was for peach brandy. A member of his congregation would make him a bottle of it each Christmas. But one year, when the minister went to visit his friend, he wasn't disappointed. 
But mischievously, his friend said he would expect to be thanked for the peach brandy from the pulpit on Christmas Day. The minister agreed and left, but then suddenly realized quite a few of his more traditional members would not approve. The morning came, Christmas morning, and as he climbed into the pulpit, he saw his friend sitting there on the front row, waiting to see his embarrassment. And before he began his sermon, he made an announcement. I would very much like to thank my friend Joe for the kind gift of the peaches and for the spirit in which they were given. (laughs) Thank you very much. It was Christmas, and the judge was in a very merry mood, and he asked the prisoner, what are you charged with? And the prisoner said, doing my Christmas shopping early. How early were you doing the shopping? Before the shops opened. (laughs) Boom, boom. There you go. If you want to hear more, come to Coffee and Chat tomorrow. (laughs) Ever wondered why Jesus was born when he was? Ever, Ever wondered that? Why was Jesus born just over 2,000 or so years ago? The Bible actually tells us. It's tucked away in Galatians. Paul tells us. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. Doesn't always satisfy us, does it? You say, Jesus, you know, why was he born then? And God just says, at the right time. He came at the right time. He always comes at the right time. The fulfillment of a plan that was known before time itself. And as we celebrate Advent, we prepare to celebrate the coming of Jesus to us, to this world, to planet Earth. It's a reminder of God's plans and purposes that God's promises will always be fulfilled. And his purposes will be worked out. Through human history. We begin by remembering that Jesus came into a world in which salvation was the universal and deepest need within the hearts of men and women. And it still is. His name, Savior, is the most precious and dear name to us. According to the historians of the day, the days just before Jesus' arrival on earth were very dark. In fact, the darkness was deepening. It was a time of political insecurity. Despite the vast Roman Empire, the world's great superpower, it had got so big that it was beginning to creak at its borders. It could not hold itself together And it made peace by conquering nations. Roman peace. It was a time when capricious and tyrannical rulers did just what they liked. Even abusing their own people. Put in charge by the Romans but then abusing their own people. It was a time of mindless killing of innocents. Time of slavery. Mass trafficking of people. 
It was a time that was spiritually dark as well. The ancient pagan gods were on the wane. They were no help at all. It was a time of great superstition. Belief in fate and the stars. There was increase in occult practices of sorcery, mediums, witchcraft. And there was also a consciousness of the moral failure of humanity and helplessness. Seneca, a Roman historian writer, writes about the fear of death. He writes, there is not a man, young or old, who if you catch him off his guard is not afraid of death. And as I read those things, gathered from historians of the time of Jesus, weren't you thinking, nothing has changed? It is exactly the same today. And it's true, isn't it? But in another way, we are those who say, everything has changed. Everything has changed because Jesus has come. The saviour of the world. A people living in darkness have seen a great light. And in an age like that, no wonder men and women were searching for salvation. John in his gospel says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And the darkness did not understand it, could not overcome it. It's interesting to know that there was a desperate search for salvation. One of the signs of that at the time was the prevalence of the word Savior as a title. The dictionary says a Savior is someone who rescues another or a thing from darkness or harm or danger. And any ruler who brought life and peace and security or people even hoped that they would received the title Savior. We even use it today. When politicians get elected to uh, places of authority, sometimes there's a real rush of optimism. The Savior. I remember when Tony Blair was elected and there was this rush. When Barack Obama was elected and there was this rush and suddenly... As time goes on, there's a disappointment because it hasn't worked out as we had hoped. It's even used of football managers. When a team, the bottom of the league, gets a new manager and suddenly they win a few games, the saviour has come. I was watching Match of the Day, the commentator even used the word revival. (laughs) Revival! Queen's Park Rangers! are in revival. They've won their first game in 17 games. It's amazing how much spirituality and football sort of mingle together. The Roman emperors of the time, the heroes as such of the Roman Empire, Caesar Augustus was one of their favorite ones. He was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, Listen to the titles that were given to him. 
Caesar Augustus was called Son of God, Lord, Bringer of Peace, Saviour. Isn't that incredible? Julius Caesar, there's an inscription in Ephesus, describes him as God manifest, the universal saviour of human life. Even Nero, who was probably one of the cruelest, actually gave himself the name God and saviour forever. How arrogant. How misplaced. And into that world, Jesus came, the Savior, God himself, on a rescue mission from heaven to a world in desperate need. Historian Samuel Angus says it was a world crying out for a Savior. And Paul writes, as we read together in Colossians, that Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness And brought us into the kingdom through Jesus. And in him we have forgiveness. Jesus came just at the right time. The savior of the world. Who was going to be the savior? The man in Rome or the baby born in a manger? Who will bring peace on earth? Pax Romana, the Roman peace or the prince of peace? Which superpower would win? The love of power or the power of love? Displayed for all to see when Jesus was crucified. At the right time, God stepped into human history to save. He is the savior of the world. There is no other. No matter what titles human beings would place above them, there is no other saviour than Jesus Christ, God in flesh and blood, who has come to rescue us. The title saviour has always been used to God. Read through the Old Testament. The Old Testament glories in calling God the saviour. And now God comes himself to us. To bring peace with God, forgiveness of sin, hope and security for the future, eternal life. Salvation is God's rescuing power in this life and forevermore. And the rescue mission is on. And as the preparations were made, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, we remember the preparations that were made for the coming of Jesus Precise things. God sends his angels with messages. The whole of heaven holding its breath as God becomes a human being. The angel Gabriel dispatched to Zechariah and promise of a son called John who would go before Jesus, be born just at the right time. And Zechariah's response, I don't believe you. Imagine saying that to an angel. I I don't believe you. So Gabriel just casually says, you will not be able to speak until he's born. Cheerio. And Zechariah says, 
There's a lesson there, isn't there? Don't mess with angels, especially Gabriel. It's said that Gabriel stands in the very presence of God. He's dispatched again to Mary. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, which means Savior. God saves. Then he appears again, Matthew. An angel appears to Joseph. Don't be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And the angel tells Joseph too, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy, a virgin will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then more angels come in the fields near Bethlehem. And they speak to the shepherds, don't be afraid. It's a common theme with angels, don't be afraid. Bring you good news, great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. When Jesus was eight days old, he was taken to the temple to be named and circumcised. He was named Jesus, God saves. And recognized there in the temple by two faithful saints, Simeon and Anna, who were waiting for the Savior to be born. This was planned out. This was prepared for. Jesus came at the right time time Simeon says for my eyes have seen your salvation the light for the Gentiles and the glory for Israel the time of darkness is over the time of the saviour has come and he always comes at the right time There was a time when I didn't believe in Jesus and didn't even think about him. Yet he called me and came after me and kept calling me. And he came for me at the right time. And he comes for you at the right time. And he's coming today for some of you here because it's the right time. And he invites you to be saved. Why would we not want to be saved? He says himself, he's come to seek and save the lost. And the first thing I had to realize when I became a Christian was that I was lost without him. Without hope in this world. See, I used to be one of those who believed that there was some kind of middle ground because I wasn't anti-God. But I wasn't 
a believer and a follower of Jesus, but I thought that there might be this kind of safe middle bit. But I realized that I was lost. Because until we ask Jesus to rescue us, we are still in our sin and still in the darkness. And he comes as the light of the world. He comes as the rescuer because every single one of us needs rescuing. And without him, we will be just left to our own resources. And this amazing salvation is open to everyone. The only qualification you need to be saved is to recognize that you're a sinner. And what I mean by that is not whether you've done horrendous things in your life, but whether you are as perfect as God. And if we're not as perfect as God, we need rescuing. And Jesus forgives all our sins. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he was crucified. And on that cross, he took all of the world's sin on himself. He, the sinless one, never sinned. He was perfect. Lived a perfect human life in his human strength. And gave it all up for us. So that when we believe in him, what is his becomes ours. And what's ours, our sin, is heaped on him. If we didn't need rescuing, why did he do that? He came to save us. What are we saved from? Well, we're saved from our sins because our sins separate us from God. He saves us from the kingdom of darkness because whether we like it or not, whether we think about it or not, if we're not in the kingdom of light with Jesus, we're in another kingdom of darkness. And I know that's really stark and hard sometimes to hear, but that's the truth. There's not a little gray kingdom in between. He saves us from eternal separation from God. He loves us so much, that's why he came. He doesn't want to see anyone lost. The Bible says, and he says he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And God wishes that all would come to him, all would be saved. And all it requires is a yes to Jesus. But he gives us that choice. Isn't that amazing? He gives us that choice. And not even God will force anyone to be saved against their will. But he knocks and he calls. And those of us who have responded, we have received the most amazing gift that you could ever receive. God gives himself to us. We are secure forever. Death has nothing on us. Nothing on us. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas, isn't it? The coming of the Savior into the world.
And some things have not changed. There are still evil dictators and tyrants in the world. There are still innocents being massacred by evil people in this world. There is still slavery and trafficking in this world. But there is the offer of salvation in this world for everyone who would believe. And so for that reason, everything has changed. Because one by one by one, Jesus is saving the world. Everyone who wants to be in his kingdom can come. Everyone can come. And we want to see more people know God's love, don't we? We're praying for it and... We're seeking to witness in our daily lives. And, and sometimes it seems so hard. I don't know about you. It just seems so hard. People just don't want to know. But some do. Some are crying out for the good news. And we're praying for a move of God's spirit. So the church of Jesus will be awakened and revived and the people we live amongst will be awakened and revived. Jesus, the savior of the world, didn't come to just kick out the Romans and in a worldly sense of conquering. He comes as a humble servant and lays down his life for the world. He rescues us from our past, the failures and the guilt and the fear and the things done to us. He rescues us. He rescues us for the future, for eternity with him. He rescues us here and now in the present, even today. Today might be the day of salvation for somebody. Well, guaranteed it is all across the world. The church is growing in an amazing rate. Jesus came just at the right time. He's the savior the world desperately needs and for whom the world is still longing. And this Advent season, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate once again this amazing truth, to celebrate the Savior's day, to say that God came for me. Isn't that amazing? God, God came for me. Because he loves me so much. And this Christmas, we welcome and we give him room in our lives again. To rule and to reign over us. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came at the right time.